You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. Sorry we are a couple of minutes late with some technical difficulties, but we're here to bring you the best in healthcare chat radio. We bring you the issues that you need to hear about so you can advocate for yourself and for your family for their health care needs. We talk about the issues that doctors discuss every day in doctors' lounges all around the country. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the supporting group behind this show, and we are out there fighting the battles for you and for your family. We stand for the doctor-patient relationship and for health care freedom for every American in this country. We're going to keep doing our thing, and I'm going to tell you some really exciting stuff about us in just a few minutes. But we really need your help, and when I explain to you the things that we've done, I think this will really help to energize you to get to our website and support us. Um, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation um, is uh, a physician-run healthcare think tank, the only one of its kind in the country, and we depend on the support of each and every one of you. So go to www.d4pcfoundation.org. That's D, the number four, pcfoundation.org, and contribute generously. No amount is too small. No amount is too big. But we need your help so that we can continue to fight these fights. And the fights are there. It's really, um, right now, quite obvious that health care is, um, once again, the centerpiece of an election. And it has been that way for the past 12 years. I um, that's, that's when I got involved in uh, health care policy and advocacy. Uh, and I uh, realized that uh, we are in a battle of ideas for what the uh, direction of America will be with regard to pretty much everything that we do in healthcare is always at the center of any movement to uh, control people. And so um, that's why we see Obamacare, which was an attempt to control the healthcare of Americans. And now, once again, the Democrats are going even further left, saying that they wish to uh, uh, nationalize health care, create uh, Medicare for all, which is socialized health care. That I'll get into as well. But what I really wanted to start the show off with was something that was probably the coolest thing that I have ever been involved with, which was being in Washington on Monday at the signing of President Trump's executive order, which improves price and quality transparency in American health care. This effort um, is the culmination of work that was done by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation over the past decade. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy and uh, my colleague, um, the president of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, Lee Gross, who worked tirelessly with people in Washington. He has made um, 13 trips to the White House 
over the past uh, year and a half. I think that if you check the White House log, he might uh, uh, you might uh, get the wrong idea about the relationship of uh, Dr. Gross and uh, and uh, he's not Russian, no. Um, but but he has he has given up his own personal time. He's taken off time from his practice, from his patients, and he has gone to Washington on behalf of each and every one of you, so that we could get this executive order signed, and that really deserves so much recognition. And I can't be prouder to be his friend and his colleague and to uh, say that that uh, I work with him on these issues. This was incredible because we were sitting in a room. Um, President Trump was up at the podium. He was flanked by people on both sides. And I can tell you some of the people who were standing up there by his side. One of them was Lee. Um, the other one was somebody that many of you listeners, regular listeners to America's Web Radio are familiar with, and that would be Dr. Elena George, who was um, up there as well. Dr. George, of course, is a free market um, ENT doctor <clears throat> who is actually a hypnation doctor. For those of you who know this show and hear me speak about hypnation, which is a um, – a, uh, a uh, uh, model of a healthcare model, a uh, healthcare ecosystem that is uh, um, f- insurance-free. So um, I'm proud to say she's one of our doctors, and then some other um, people like uh, Secretary Azar, um, Commissioner um, uh, Seema Verma of uh, CMS. Uh, they had a patient up there who uh, was. Uh, applauding the president over uh, his executive order, which uh, calls for price transparency because she had stage three cancer and uh, had uh, told her story about getting bone uh, biopsies um, just a few weeks apart at two different institutions in the same city. And in the second biopsy, paying 300% more for the same identical procedure as she had the first time that it was done. And there's just no reason for this in, 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 uh, in health care in the U.S. And that's the big problem. People do not know what they are paying for health care. And this is, this, you cannot fix health care if you don't know how much it costs. And this is a, um, an issue that special interests are fighting back against. They don't want to see this change because they are making a fortune with the status quo. The insurance companies are just piling up, piling away the dough. Kaiser reported its largest quarterly um, profits in this past quarter, they made $3 billion this past quarter. There is something very, very wrong going on in healthcare. Um, the, the, the hospitals are 
consolidating and they are charging more and more and people have no idea how much they are paying for the care that they are receiving. So so um, President Trump, in the latest effort to um, get a handle over health care, <clears throat> issued the executive order, which I'm going to go through. But this is really another step along the lines of what the president has done <clears throat> regarding health care. People want to throw stones at him, shoot arrows at him, and say that he failed to get to to keep his promise of getting rid of Obamacare. And you know, the government is very, very um, it's it's uh, it's dicey. It just it, it unfortunately he's not a king and can't wave his wand and make it happen. If you all remember. We were on track to abolish Obamacare, to overturn it. And then John McCain, uh, in his just hatred of Donald Trump, um, pretty much um, he, uh, he uh, betrayed America because of that hatred and voted against overturning Obamacare. So we were s- stuck with it. So they had a choice. And as the president has said, he could either um, try to fix what was there with Obamacare and make it better, let it die its own death, or he could go ahead and um, uh, do actively try to uh, get rid of Obamacare and hurt millions and millions of Americans who were still getting some benefit from it. So he's implemented various uh, tactics, and and he um, has. Uh, expanded the uh, short-term insurance plans, which work with uh, beautifully with direct primary care, so that people can get the kind of insurance that they need instead of these one, um, uh, you know, plan fits all kinds of uh, policies that cost a fortune. He's allowed for the associated health plans people to come together and and. Uh, Group, group together so that they can get better health care um, by associating together. He's um, expanded um, health reimbursement arrangements, HRAs. All of these have been measures to put more control on health care back into the hands of people and take it away from the special interests who are controlling the dollars in health care. And that's when we get better health care, when patients know what they are spending, they can make better decisions about what they're going to receive for the dollars that they spend. They get to choose where they go, who their doctors are, what the hospitals are. And that's what the Trump administration is dedicated to doing. And so what this... Um, this executive order did, it requires hospitals to publicly disclose the amounts that uh, people will pay for the services that they are going to get in an easy-to-read format. Now, what it calls for is for the hospitals to post their fees, and and they're, they're doing that right now because this was another one of his executive orders for price transparency. First, it started in the pharmaceutical air arena. He, he, um, he uh, 
that was that was one of his his um, objectives, which was to drive down the high cost of pharmaceuticals, and he has done that. This is the first year that pharmaceuticals have come down in a decade, and even though the Democrats will. Point, not point that out, and they'll say that drug prices are going up and up. That's true for some drugs, but if you look at all drugs across the board, they are coming down, and this is because of the Trump policies. But what has um, what needs to happen is for the hospitals to not only post their charges, but post what it's going to cost patients with regard to their co-pays and their deductibles and their insurance. Because as you know, the hospitals get paid different amounts based on what insurance a person has, because most insurance companies strike deals with hospitals and they will do that based on their market share and their network of doctors. So we'll get a little bit more into what this executive order did and what it means, and we'll break this down when we get back in the next segment. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Ron Camacho, host of... Fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So we're back in the doctor's lounge, and I'm, and we're talking today about our uh, recent trip to Washington, D.C. on Monday and the signing of the executive order by President Trump on health care transparency. I'm hearing a lot of reverb. Um, the uh, uh, this this was an unbelievable experience. As I said, we had uh, a good showing from Docs for Patient Care, who were instrumental in getting a lot of the, this executive order uh, to uh, actually um, uh, be written and to be executed. <clears throat> we um, I was in the audience along with about ten other docs for patient care doctors uh and uh it was it was really just an unbelievable uh opportunity for us to uh, uh participate in a uh 
in, in, in something that we've worked so hard to get to fruition, and it really um, it made all the hard work that we did in the last 10 years worthwhile when we know that, that uh, it is um, resulting in there uh, going to be changes in the healthcare system. That's what we all got into this to do, which was to make a difference and to um, to do things that that would positively impact the healthcare system and make it better for everybody. And the um, healthcare system right now benefits the the very um, rich and powerful, the insurance companies, the the hospital executives, the the pharmacy um, industry, the the pharmacy benefit management uh, industry, which skims money off off the top. They take it off the table to enrich themselves, and they contribute absolutely zero to patients' care, to patients' health. So this was a tremendous win for people who, um, like myself, who have worked in this arena for the past decade um, and who have sacrificed a lot to give their expertise, their knowledge, what they know about healthcare, which is a heck of a lot more than these so-called policy experts who think that they know better about healthcare than the people who deliver it every day. And... Um, you know the uh, the this this executive order that the president wrote not only calls for price transparency so that people will know how much they're going to be charged and how much they will spend on health care, but it gives them information about quality metrics. Now, none of this is there yet. I have to tell you that when you sign an executive order, it it compels the agencies in the federal government to mobilize so that they can put together a plan to actually enact what the executive order calls for. And that plan sometimes can take more than a year, sometimes up to two years, because let me just go through with you what some of the steps of the executive order are. In... um, in informing patients about the actual prices of health care, it calls for within 60 days of signing this executive order that the secretary of HHS proposes a regulation which is consistent with applicable law to require hospitals to publicly post standard charge information, including charges and information based on negotiated rates and for common and shoppable items and services in an easy-to-understand, consumer-friendly, machine-readable format. And so what this basically means is that consumers will get the information about how much the hospital bills, how much the hospital charges, how much the hospital is getting reimbursed, so that a, a patient who needs an elective surgery can say, well, Hospital X is is going to be charging me $100,000 for this gallbladder operation, um, and that's what it's going to cost me. That's what it's going to cost out the door, 
my insurance is going to pay $40,000 for that hospital charge. I'm going to be responsible for $8,000 of that charge versus being in hospital Y where the charge might be $50,000. The hospital's going to be um, reimbursed $25,000 and it's only going to cost me $4,000. So people can look at what the pricing is going to be and then be able to help decide whether or not they want to go to one hospital versus another. Now, they may choose to go to the more expensive hospital. Let's say the best doctor in in the world for gallbladder operations happens to be in the more expensive hospital. Somebody may decide that they want to go to that hospital because that's who they want to take care of them. But that's going to be somebody's choice. People will be able to make their own decisions based on metrics that are going to be available to the consumers. Then the next step will be within 90 days, there'll be some rulemaking um, that will consist of the putting up the guardrails for how this will happen. And then within 180 days there will be a report issued so that they can determine what they need to do to actually enact this and put it into uh into play and this is this is typically the, the what happens when executive orders are issued even when laws are issued they they they're not ready to go out of the box kinds of of you know edicts they just don't immediately happen with a snap of a finger it takes some time to do it but this is the first time ever ever that a president has promised to rein in health care costs and has actually gone to the mat and done something to, to um, take action in that direction. So this is a president that is following through on his health care promises. And this is, this is so important. We, Docs for Patient Care, this is one of the big items that we have been involved with, which is direct primary care. Listen, regular listeners to this show know what direct primary care is, For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, this is basically concierge medicine for the blue-collar worker. This is is an opportunity for people to get a regular doctor for uh, just pennies on the dollar, less than it costs for a coffee every day at Starbucks for a month. And you can get a regular doctor who is going to give you virtually unlimited access to see him or her and provide for you the things that you need, that they can provide in their office at that same rate. There's no additional charge. The only additional charge there might be is for um, drugs, which a lot of direct primary care doctors will provide for their patients at cost. Some of them will just hand them out because they will. Th- that's part of the subscription price. The only thing that people will have to pay out of pocket for is services outside of the primary care doctor's office, and even those rates 
have been negotiated on behalf of the patients by the direct primary care doctor with radiology um, uh, um, uh, facilities, with laboratories, and with um, other doctors, with specialists in the community. And in some places, even with hospitals, Lee Gross has negotiated cut rate, um, uh, low cost rates for inpatient care in his community in uh, in Northport, Florida. So, so this is this is um, how the cost curve has been bent down. The problem is that direct primary care has been under assault by insurance companies, and so. Our movement, the direct primary care movement, has had to go state by state and talk with insurance commissioners so that we can get protection for direct primary care doctors so that they are not viewed as a risk-bearing entity like an insurance company because they're not. It's just an arrangement between the doctor and the patient. So, over 26 states, I think maybe 28 now, have passed legislation, Georgia being the latest one of them, woo-woo, and, um, and that has helped to protect doctors who decide that they want to open direct primary care practices in, in various states. But what was lacking was the fact that patients had to pay out of pocket despite the fact that they may have had health savings accounts or health um, reimbursement arrangements. And so what President Trump did in this executive order, thanks to the work of Docs for Patient Care, they've worked with other agencies in the federal government, the Department of the Treasury, with IRS, Department of Labor, and they've worked out arrangements so that health savings accounts can be used to pay for your direct primary care. That is so huge, and it is a shot in the arm for direct primary care. And why is that important? Because direct primary care puts control into your hands, the patients. And not only does it put control into your hands, but it keeps you healthier because you have a regular doctor. You do not need to go to the emergency room to get your care. You can see your doctor that day or the next day. That's what the direct primary care movement is all about. And this executive order has laid the the path. It's it's created the 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 runway for people now to engage in direct primary care arrangements and use tax um, exempt vehicles to pay for it. Bigger, bigger than anything. Um, stay with us. I've got a lot more to tell you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. We are uh, talking about the executive order on health care price transparency that President Trump signed on Monday, which I was at, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation doctors were at, and we moved the ball forward um, on on the uh, field of health care, and this was huge. It just does not get bigger than this, but it's not the end. This is not where things um, finish. This is just the end of the first lap, because what does this mean? This means that now that patients are armed with information regarding pricing, regarding quality, they can use tax-exempt um, vehicles to pay for health care services that, are, that the people are putting away money for or that employers are earmarking money for. And you don't have to go through an insurance company to be able to um, to access those dollars. Then now people have the ability to get health care in a more portable way. They're not trapped. They're not locked in to just one insurance product. In fact, they're not even locked into insurance. And in fact, they don't even have to use insurance anymore except for um, when it becomes necessary because it's a catastrophic or an expensive event. So now people can get a regular doctor, a primary care doctor, and pay just a fraction of what they're paying. They can pay literally under a hundred dollars a month and get a regular doctor who will take care of them for the year um, they can pay out of pocket low cost um, dollars to specialists and for imaging and for laboratory tests that their primary care doctor has negotiated so they can get a blood test, a, a, a complete blood count for $2.50 or a chest x-ray for for um, $25 or a CAT scan for $150. These are real numbers. These are numbers that people are paying in arrangements where they have a direct primary care doctor. And and if you think that I'm, I'm not telling you the truth, then just then just um, call up a direct primary care doctor in your area and, and ask these questions. 
in in this setting the surgery center of oklahoma which has just changed the playing field as far as getting outpatient surgery is concerned will pop up all over the country and you'll get the surgery center of georgia and the surgery center of texas and the surgery center of nebraska and people will be able to pay a fraction of what they are paying because they can shop and they can now decide where they want to get their care and when that happens then the big box stores the the hospitals who are just charging an arm and a leg will start saying you know what we need to do a better job of competing on price and we're going to go ahead and lower our prices you know the the hospital um a mouthpiece for their association has come out and said that this is a bad executive order because now with price transparency trade secrets will be revealed and the hospitals that aren't getting as much money compared to another hospital that was able to negotiate a better deal, they're going to now raise their rates so that they get the same good deal as the hospital that negotiated better. And to that, I say poppycock. When the, cons- when, when the marketplace sees prices, the prices don't go up, they come down. When Samsung comes out with TVs... Um, 60-inch TVs that cost um, that cost $300, you don't see Vizio saying, oh my goodness, they're, they're um, charging $300. We need to raise our rates to $400 so that we can prove that we have a better product because we're charging more money. That's just not going to happen. When prices are revealed, then they come down. The market adjusts and the consumers win. And that's what we have right here. We have a, a, um, a process now in place that is underway to make patients into consumers just like they are for every single product in the United States, in the world. Where else but in healthcare do you find the price out after you've had that service? You know, Secretary Azar was um, was saying that the insurance companies feel that this is just unfair because these are trade secrets that can't be revealed. And he pointed out that they are revealed. They're revealed to to the patients after they've received the service. They are revealed in the explanation of benefits that every single patient gets after they've been treated. They know what the charge was. They know what the insurance company paid. They know what the allowable was. They know what their deductible was. They know what their copay was. The problem is that it's backwards. We're finding out about this after the fact. Why shouldn't everybody know about this before? That's the dirty little secret that the special interests don't want you to know, and they don't want to see this changed. Now, why would I want this changed as a doctor? And aren't I part of this? Aren't I benefiting? Well, let me just debunk this right now. Doctors account for 8% of the medical spending, 8%. So when these special interests try to say that doctors 
are part of this problem that that is just such a a bald-faced lie because doctors do not get to charge what they what they want in most cases doctors are victims as well as patients because most doctors are getting a fraction of what they should be getting. They're getting paid based on what the insurance companies will pay them. And and the insurance company's goal is to pay them less and less and less and figure out ways how to do that. And in only some, you know, rare events where a doctor is not on a insurance plan will a doctor submit a bill directly to a patient and that's something that is a problem that we're seeing right now called surprise medical billing and we'll talk about that if we have some time left in this show i've talked about this on previous show but that's not the doctor's fault that is the fault of the insurance companies and so um when patients are better consumers they will make better choices, and 95% of care is non-emergency care. And so if patients have that information beforehand, if they're armed with that information, they will become better consumers, and prices will come down for health care. And if the cost of health care comes down, well, then the price of insurance should come down, because if the insurance doesn't need to cover the high cost of health care, and if insurance doesn't have to cover first dollar spent out of pocket, now all of a sudden insurance becomes insurance again, just like car insurance, just like homeowner's insurance, just like tornado insurance or flood insurance. You insure a catastrophic event. And so this is why the Trump administration, with their... um, the the uh, <clears throat> short-term plans which they um, have enacted, which have been absolutely um, assailed by the left as junk insurance, is just the opposite. It is actually real insurance because people are insuring catastrophic events. They're not insuring first dollar out of pocket, and that's not what insurance is, and that's not what most people need. Um, they've become acclimated to insurance paying for everything because uh, the insurance industry has become like crack dealers. You know, that if you get used to a certain way of doing things, if you try to change that and show them why things are different, should be different and why they're better, they don't understand it until you have to just keep telling them over and over and showing them why it's better. And this is going to lower the cost of health care. It's going to lower the cost of insurance. It's going to put more money in Americans' pockets so that they can have a higher quality of life, a higher um, higher uh, um, discretionary income. Employers will have less money going to health care. They will be able to build more Businesses to be able to put more money back into the pockets of their employees. They'll be able to reinvest in their business. It will help stockholders in publicly traded companies. Everybody wins except for the special interests. And that's why, why we're going to see a lot of pushback on this. So what's next? 
Well, there's, as I said, this is the end of the first lap. Um, and the Trump administration has done so much already in health care, but there's still a lot more work to be done. And we can only hope, no, we can't hope, we need to ensure, we need to work at making sure that the right people get put into office so that we can continue to make the the gains on health care and everything else but in, i'm i'm in, in, i'm focused on health care so that we move in the right direction and not backwards not in the wrong direction it's great to be able to do this through through um executive orders it's way better to do this through legislation and so i'm i'm hoping that people will wake up and they will see the differences between what is being said on the left and what um the republicans are trying to uh are trying to uh propose so what's next for health care and what needs to be done well certificate of need reform and i've spoken about that for years that's the monopolistic um uh practice of keeping competition out of a marketplace and um over um 30 states 34 to be exact have laws on the books that were um encouraged by the federal government back in the 1970s and which remain on the books despite the fact that the federal government no longer supports that um, monetarily um, by giving money to the states to maintain those programs. But these are laws that keep out competition, and that needs to be overturned. And I know that the Trump administration, the people in that administration, are interested in uh, seeing how they can help to make that happen. The hospitals have tax-exempt status. They can uh, do things that other providers can't. That's why they can buy up doctor practices and they can charge a fortune more and they they can buy real estate at uh, cut rate prices because they're tax exempt. Well, if we want to see true parity and we want to level the playing field, we either need to take away the tax exempt status from these hospitals that are growing bigger and bigger in every community around the country or we need to give doctors the tax-exempt status that they need so that they can work on behalf of the patients and give them the care and the quality that they deserve at the prices that are as low as possible. And further deregulation. We've seen some deregulation already, but that's just scratching the surface. Doctors can't talk to each other about pricing anymore. This changes that, but doctors can't associate. And that is something that is completely um, against American free enterprise. And that's deregulation. And that will hopefully change also under the uh, next uh, uh, term of President Trump. So stay with us. I want to just go into the Democrat debate from last night. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four 
patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Obamacare is failing, but in order to get back on the right track with health policy, people need to be informed. Obamacarewatch.org is your resource to understand what's happening with this law and what you can do to stay active, stay informed, and make positive change happen. Obamacarewatch.org. Visit us now. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. This is our last segment. I uh, have been talking about the um, executive order President Trump signed on health care price transparency, which was, in my opinion, one of the um, most important pieces of um, of executive uh, led not legislation, but but it, most, one of the most meaningful executive orders that have ever been signed, um, because it really takes on one of the most insidious problems in um, in healthcare, which is the opaque pricing and patients not knowing what they spend and uh this is a game changer so last night um on uh i guess july 26th the circus pulled into miami and i mean sorry june july i i'm i'm my my head's in the cloud still from monday um june 26th um the clown car pulled into uh, the circus pulled into miami and uh, the clown car stopped in the middle of the three ring circus and and the 12 and the 10 clowns got out last night and got on the stage to talk about crazy stuff and um you know the the uh i i it, it was it's like it's like watching a train wreck. You know, you you know that it's coming, and you just can't take your eyes off it. And I didn't want to watch it, but I felt like I needed to because I knew that they were going to speak about health care. And as a health care policy expert, I felt that I needed to um, listen to how far left the crazies were going to go with regard to health care. Now, we know what they are standing for. They're all, uh, not all, but let me just say that the prevailing um, feeling in the Democrat Party, which has been overtaken by the ideas of the far leftists in that party, are um, are proposing Medicare for all, which is socialized health care. And 
the Bernie Sanders plan first came out in the Senate, and it had um, 16 sponsors, many of whom are running for president, like Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren. And then there's this the House bill, which has 120 sponsors and is not that dissimilar from the Senate bill. And what it really calls for is abolishing Medicare. So seniors, so even though it's called Medicare for all, it should be called Medicare for none because it does away with all of the programs in, a, in healthcare as we know it. And none of the plans are perfect. Many of them have warts. The entitlement plans are going to run out of money on the trajectory that we're on. But the solution isn't to screw up health care for 320 million Americans because there are problems with some with health care for some Americans. The, pro, the, the solution is to fix it for those who are having problems. And the left, they don't care about fixing problems. What they want to do is they want to control health care for everybody because when you control health care, you control the population. That's been shown time and time and time and time again in every single society where there's socialized health care. And um, the uh, so the the um, Democratic candidates got up there and they were asked about health care, what their views were. They universally said that health care is a basic human right. And so, what what does that mean when you say that something is a right? Well, if something is a right then that means that somebody needs to provide it to everybody. And how do you provide something like that to everybody? That means you've got to compel people who deliver health care to give it, whether they want to give it or not. And, and so in this plan... They want to do away with private insurance. They ask the question, who in the crowd wants to do away with private insurance? And, of course, the two biggest crazies in that group, Elizabeth Warren and um, and uh, de Blasio, the mayor of New York, raised their hand. They are as far left as you can get. Bernie Sanders tonight will probably be on that uh, crazy bus as well. But this is um, what they would like to do. And I think that there is enough concern um, on the part of Americans about that kind of plan that many of the Democrats are moderating their position and moving a little bit more to the center, and they're trying to find a way to thread that needle so that they can say that health care is a right, we need to provide it for every single American, but we need to also allow people who wish to pay for it on their own to do so. Now, what does that sound like? Hmm, sounds like Great Britain. Well, Great Britain has a system, a health, a national health system that is bankrupt. 
It's losing money year after year. They can't afford it. They're looking at ways to revamp it. The waiting lists for care in the national health care system have exceeded 5 million, and the, the wait for care for basic services that in America people are are expecting to have in a reasonable period of time, weeks, maybe a month, can exceed six months to a year. And if you're a certain age with a certain problem in Great Britain, then you have to submit your request to an agency to determine whether or not they will approve you for your for the treatment. If you are a 75-year-old or 80-year-old with a bad hip and you need a hip replacement, you might not get it. If you are a, a 65-year-old with, um, with a, uh, a cancer that requires um, uh, chemotherapy, if it's too expensive, if the, your cancer exceed, if the life expectancy for your cancer is not that long and the cost of the chemotherapy is very high, what they do is they look at something called quality adjusted life years, QALYs. And if it exceeds a certain amount in, in Britain, it, it means it's 45,000 pounds. So if it will cost more than 45,000 pounds to to um, extend somebody's life um, a year or less, it's not going to be worth it to them to spend that money and you will get denied. That's the British healthcare system. That's what these people don't realize, or maybe they do, but they want to see take place in the United States. And what they are advocating is that if we can just take care of everybody, if everybody had this basic right, then the quality of the care would be better for all. And, you know, this is this is such nonsense. This is pandering to the basic um, you know, free mentality of Americans when they hear rights and free and we should be doing this and we should be doing that, not realizing, number one, who is going to pay for it. Because, of course, if somebody, if the government is paying for it, why shouldn't the government pay for it? And unfortunately, people are so uneducated that they don't realize that there is no money in the government. The government isn't isn't the government can print money but the money doesn't come from the government it comes from the taxpayers but again people don't realize that you know they're paying the money and actually these days 50% of Americans don't pay any taxes so it, it the, you hear this demonization of the wealthy and the the um the the people who are um uh the, at the at the uh end of of the uh, the top 1% who are 
paying 70% of the taxes. We should just, you know, take some more from them because they can afford it. And we heard them talking about that last night at the presidential debates as well. But the, the, at, the, at the end of the day, what we're saying, what the Docs for Patient Care Foundation doctors are saying, what the Trump administration people are now saying, is that there's a better way. Yes, we should give health care for all. Healthcare should be a something that everybody has access to. And you know what? It's possible to do that if it didn't cost so much money. And that's what President Trump is trying to um, to uh, make sure happens, that the cost curve goes down so that it doesn't cost so much money to get care, to level the playing field, to allow competition, to give choice, to make patients better consumers so that they can make the choices that are best for them. And you know what? When that happens, then there'll be far more options for people instead of these networks of of uh, the insurance companies that limit who you can see or on a Medicare for all um, plan where everybody will have access. Well, you know what? Access to health care for everybody is is not health care for everybody. It simply gives you a card and gives you an opportunity to wait online. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So everything is looking up in uh, health care. This is a great uh, great week for health care in the United States. Things are going to get better, and we have to hope that uh, we uh, continue with this administration, change Congress in the next – or the House of Representatives in the next Congress, and uh, hope to see better um, uh, health care uh, solutions uh, going forward. So thanks for being with us today, and join us next week when my co-host, Dr. Mike, will be your host. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.